to all who listen to this happy podcast, welcome to In Waltz Time with me, your host, Craig Mahoney, your old pal Craigers, uh, here with episode number four of this podcast where we discuss the life and work of one Walter Elias Disney, as well as those who lived and worked with him. New episodes every Wednesday, and yes, we are now officially on the every Wednesday schedule, beginning here with uh, episode four. Uh, I'm actually recording this Wednesday night, but by the time th- this will get up before Wednesday is over, so we're getting there. We're starting to get on the regular schedule. So you know, if, if you do subscribe, you'll get the notifications every at some point on a Wednesday. You'll be you'll be notified that a new. Uh, that a new podcast is up. And now that we are up and running, I have put out a lot of uh, requests to guests. Requests, be my guest, be my guest. Um, to be on the show for future episodes, I've, I've got a wish list of about two dozen I'm trying to get on here. So hopefully, uh, if, if we don't start straight up, right up with that next week, hopefully within the, uh, by the week following, we'll have our first guest. Um, if, if I can't get a guest for next week, then we will um, we'll be going a deep dive or a, a deep dive and analysis, uh, sort of just my what I love and and, and notice about uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Why not start with Walt's first feature? Make that the first the first thing that I really uh, dive into with you kids on on my lonesome here uh, before we start doing the um, the interview episodes. Um, also, uh, what did I want to say? Oh, yeah, and we're, uh, so I'm reaching out to get guests. Uh, I've also now, uh, you can now find this podcast on various podcast apps. It should be on every, all the popular podcast apps. You should be able to now get this. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Pandora, I think. I, I put it up, the podcast, I don't know. I, like, I went to like seven of them. Um, I use the Google Podcast app. I, if I do a search um, it comes up in the, my main Substack feed, but not as the actual in Walt's time feed. I have to put you have, if you if you use the Google Podcast app, you know that you have to sometimes put the actual RSS feed, which you can grab off the Substack. So please do that. Um, and and hey, welcome. Uh, speaking of the Substack, to some new subscribers. Now that this is finally uh, up and running here, I did uh, actually start promoting. <laughs> and start letting people know that this is a podcast that this exists that exists, and yeah, it's nice to see. I got a few dozen subscribers right off the bat, uh, day one. So welcome, um, and and some positive feedback too, which I which I appreciate because again, I'm still I'm still uh, getting better at this, getting getting used to doing this sort of thing again. It's been a long, long time uh, since I've done uh, spoken at length into a microphone. And I do try to keep it loose, so I am going off the top of my head here. Like, you know, this is not all written out. I do have notes for this week, though. Although it looks looks like something out of a, a beautiful mind or something. <laughs> They'd find in a serial killer's uh, apartment. Actually, no, it just it looks like a brainstorming sheet, which I guess it kind of is. Uh, more, so, more so than a uh, show rundown. But whatever, we'll get to there in a minute. Um... I do. I should. I should have written notes for this. Laid all this out. Uh, yeah. So we are up and running, and I appreciate the Substack subscribers. Uh, you can become a paid subscriber if you like. Uh, you don't, and you don't have to uh, pay to get this podcast for free every week. That if free subscribers, you'll get that, and you also get everything else I do that I put on my Substack uh, that is non-Disney related. 
Should you not want to receive notifications about that, uh, you can opt out. If you, you'll notice the podcast is in, uh, the Substack has different sections. So in Walt's time is its own section. You can receive notifications just about that because I know uh, probably not all of you or <laughs> maybe just a minority of you are really that interested in hearing me talk about the New York Yankees every week. So you don't have to get notified about that if you don't want to. Um, other ways to support, if you do want to support, because I don't want there to be advertising on this show or any of my shows ever, because, listen, I have things of my own I'm trying to sell. So I'm here to promote myself. I'm an artist. I do a lot of Disney art, uh, non-Disney art as well. Uh, if you go to the show notes, you'll see the link to craigmahoney.bigcartel.com. That is my online gallery store. You can get my original art and prints through there. There's also, if you go to tpublic.com slash user slash Craig Mahoney. Again, the links will all be on the, the Substack posts and in the uh, show notes. Uh, you can go to, you can get my designs on uh, various uh, articles of clothing and merchandise over at TeePublic. And like I said, you can also become a premium subscriber to Substack for either $5 a month or $50 a year. And what that will get you is A, the ability to actually comment and let me know what you think of the show or add your own two cents to various episodes. And uh, and you'll get premium uh, episodes. There'll be bonus content that'll be up there and, and that will come in the form of uh, extra podcast episodes, exclusive podcast episodes, where I will probably go beyond the purview of this podcast, where I will maybe talk more about uh, the Disney comp- certain things with the Disney company today, or maybe, you know, s- certain movies or things that, uh, you know, took place or, or were made, I should say, long after Walt's passing. Uh, so a lot more like modern Disney stuff or, you know, post-Walt's life, I guess. Um, that, should we call it that? No, because that, that sounds a little morbid, right? <laughs> after Walt. Um, Walt after dark. No. Um, so that's that's what you get if you get the, if you do the paid Substack subscription. Should you should you not have a whole lot of dough to spare, or should you just not want to spare any of your dough on me, but you still want there to make sure that there's new fresh episodes coming every Wednesday? If you like this podcast, if you want to support this podcast, but you don't want to want to drop a single dime on it, uh, you can at least. Uh, Go to Spotify and Apple and leave reviews. Leave a nice four or five star. Five. Let's do five star. Come on. Eh, don't be cheap. Five star review. Nice. Re, uh, five star and a nice uh, review. Write something if you want. Um, also, follow me on Instagram at InWaltzTime. And you'll get uh, updates on that and like the posts there. And and mostly just, just share. Tell people. If you know people that are interested in this sort of thing as well, let them know about it. And... Um, you know, just build the audiences. The more the more people I have listening, the more likely that some of them will maybe reach into their pocket and uh, be a little be a little generous, help help support. Because you know, if I don't have to take uh, any other odd jobs, if I don't have to go back to tending bar or whatever, uh, then I could put more time and energy into this podcast and really, really make it great. Plus, it as Walt would say, uh, and that is a phrase he used uh, often, and that's the title of today's episode. And when Walt would use that phrase, uh, he was speaking about, um, he, I think he, he started using it a lot. I don't know if he began using it when, with uh, WED, the, you know, Walt, uh, the, 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 origin, the original Imagineering team before it was uh, Walt Disney Imagineering, it was WED Industries. Um, I don't know if that's where he originated the plus it term as coming, uh, using it to uh, describe what they were doing with Disneyland or if it's something he started doing earlier on the movies and shorts. 
But basically what Walt meant by it was, uh, you know, to, to improve, to take something that already exists and how can we improve on it? Or how can we build build upon this thing that's already there and just, just make it better? And not, not necessarily replace it, but just take how, how do we take this thing we have and how can we make it better? And um, it's really, it's, I, I, I love it. It's a great phrase that I try to use in my own life. Um, and, but that's not what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Disney plus it. Um, and listen, and you can actually, the, if, if you want to, and maybe this is for a later episode, we could talk about how maybe there is not as much plussing it going on uh, in the company these days and how maybe Disney plus as a streaming service, how they can plus um, their their own service there and improve it uh, upon what they already have there. Um, but yeah, so what, what I, we're going to go do today is sort of, uh, I'm going to take you through Disney Plus, if you are a classic Disney fan, if you are a fan of Walt in his life, if you are a fan of, um, you know, you know the people that, who made all these wonderful, uh, wonderful classic movies and television shows and, uh, you know, theme park attractions that we all love, um, I'm just going to sort of uh, just give you a quick little tour of where you can find a lot of the things that I like that as a as a Disney uh, history as a Walt Disney fan and as a Disney history enthusiast and an amateur Disney historian, how you can best use it uh, to really sort of explore uh, the history of the company and Walt in his life. All right, so I'm gonna have a quick little sip of water and then we're gonna go. All right, now we're gonna get into this um, with the old. We're gonna serve up a nice a nice thick and juicy compliment sandwich. Um, now, for those of you not familiar with that term or that concept, it's where um, if you were going, if you if you had some sort of criticism to deliver to uh, maybe an employee or coworker or even you know a relationship that you were in, family member, friend, lover, um, what you'd do is you'd couch the criticism between two compliments. That way, you start, you butter them up, you get them nice and into it, you know, with. Uh, making them feel good about themselves, that you, you have something good to tell them. And then you give them the criticism, right? Because they're already, they're, they're, they're primed, they're, they're sort of interested, they're listening. Then you give them the criticism. And then after the criticism, you, you, you give them another compliment. So that way you make them feel a little better after after kind of bringing them down. So that's what we're going to do here with, uh, with, with the streaming service that if you are listening to this podcast, I'm assuming... You are all, I'd be shocked if there's anyone listening to this podcast who is not a Disney Plus subscriber. Now let's start with the basics, the uh, obvious stuff, you know, the classic Disney content you want and expect to have there, uh, which for the most part is there. Um, Obviously all the features, well, for the most part, the classic features. Now here, you know what, maybe the whole compliment sandwich thing is a bad idea, because as we start going through various sections, um, there's always something missing. For everything, Disney Plus is a great resource. If you are a Disney fan and you're looking for all sorts of um, classic Disney entertainment to watch and to uh, get you through the day, and also plenty of uh, resources as far as uh, documentaries, behind-the-scenes stuff, and extras, uh, there's a lot of that. I mean, there really is hours and hours and hours, days maybe, possibly, of um, of, of content on Disney Plus to uh, to satiate, <laughs> to sate. Your, your Disney history appetite, uh, your nostalgic Disney ap- appetite. But there, there is a lot missing. Um, anyway, obviously, all the features, except for the one package feature, Make Mine Music and Song of the South, 
uh, are not there. Other than that, every uh, animated feature Walt Disney worked on, or partially animated feature that Walt Disney worked on uh, during his life, produced, is there. Um, and, you know, a lot of them have some uh, pretty cool extras. You know, I don't know, many of you listening may already have the uh, DVD or Blu-ray, the um, signature series versions of a lot of these movies where they have a lot of great behind-the-scenes um, extras and, and making of stuff and deleted scenes and all sorts of uh, bonus content. And uh, I I actually don't own any of the physical copies. I do have the digital versions. And uh, if you go to, like, I think uh, Prime, some, some of them they might show them all after the movie's over. They'll just keep streaming. But if you have the Movies Anywhere app, um, you can you can go get it in there, and you can actually go uh, bounce around and uh, check out. I think I think for the most part they have all the same extras that the physical uh, DVDs or Blu-rays have. Obviously, it's always better to have the physical copy because you don't have to worry about them changing or swapping things in or out. Because I know some things have changed a little. I think I think something I can't remember exactly what it was. But some of the uh, but on Disney Plus, there's actually a fair amount of extras on a lot of the classic movies. Uh, Snow White has a lot. Snow White. This uh, if you go into the extras if, on Snow White Disney Plus, I think it might actually have. Now the best way, first of all, if you're looking for quick navigation, you just want the classic Disney cartoons, right? You just go into you go into the search, and then just Walt Disney Animation Studios collection. It's right there on their front page where they have all the different collections neatly laid out for you. And you scroll to the bottom, and they've got them all right there. And Snow White's extras. Let's pull this up right here. Uh, they have a lot. They have um, the Hyperion Studios tour, the story meetings, the dwarves, story meetings, the huntsmen's, Disney's first feature, the making of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, those are all great, great listens, great watches. Um, Pinocchio, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Dumbo, some cool. They have the making of on there. Bambi as well. Uh, Alice Cinderella's, there's a little bit. Alice in Wonderland, a little bit. Peter Pan, uh, Lady in the Tramp, Jungle Book, a little bit. Uh, Sleeping Beauty, fair amount. None of them, except for maybe Snow White, have can really uh, substitute for the actual signature uh, series. I do recommend purchasing those, uh, either physical copies or not. But yeah, if you if you know if you want to, if you, I don't know how deep you dig into Disney Plus, but to check out the extras on basically every movie. Always click extras, man, because you never know. So most of the time, it's usually just a deleted scene. Maybe it's just a trailer. Um, that's you know the case for a lot of the movies on there, but you know, every once in a while, you know, you click on the Snow White, or and it's a treasure trove, uh, especially by Disney Plus standards. So you definitely want to look into that. Um, Fantasia, they don't really have any extras, and I'll tell you, the even on the um on my movies anywhere app, um, the signature series, the uh, special uh, edition of um Fantasia has so much. Like I I, I definitely. Like it is the one that I would say if you're if you're gonna if you're looking for bonus content and extras and behind the scenes making up stuff, um, you know, and you just learning about the history, and you could only get one, I I would get Fantasia, uh, absolutely. They have uh, two different commentary tracks. Um, one is uh, by Disney historian Brian Sibley, which is great and goes in depth into the making of the movie, and the other one is. Um, Walt Disney interviews and story note recreations, um, where they they uh, they either have a, a voice actor, and he does he does like a little uh, you know I got to work on my Walt Disney impression. Uh, but he does he does a Walt Disney uh, impression. They have a guy who does Walt Disney a Walt Disney sound alike, and <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna work on that. We're gonna get it good. Um, 
and he will read some of the story notes and stuff. And if you have, and they they do they use this. I don't know who the actor is. They use them a lot um, for a lot of these signature things where they get some of the story meeting notes and they have actors uh, recreate it. And they're also using up. Uh, they also use some archival audio of uh, Disney himself from interviews later in his life. And as well, there's a whole bunch of uh, like for each. Uh, piece, each section of Fantasia, there's a little behind-the-scenes stuff. So, uh, not much on Disney Plus for that, but I, I, I definitely recommend purchasing the, um, at least, you know, get, getting the digital copy of the movie with all the extras there, because it's really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, obviously, so, I don't know why they don't have Make Mine Music on there. Um, there's, uh, speculation that it's, uh, because of the, I guess the, uh, the sort of Hatfield and McCoy's, um, uh, cartoon in the beginning here. You know, let me, like, I gotta look this up here. Um, make mine music that basically that's, it's very violent. There's a lot of gunplay. And so that was why the, 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 that movie sort of fell out of rotation. Um, what annoys what annoys me though is because it, it, it's got some really really like classic stuff that's still very much associated with Disney, um, even more so than um, the other uh, similar um, package uh, package feature Melody Time uh, package film Melody Time. I think Make My Music has a little more um, sort of classic. Uh, Disney stuff, you know, the Martins and the Coys, that's it. But it's got Blue Bayou, all the cats joining without you, Casey at the Bat. I mean, Casey at the Bat is a classic. I mean, they named a restaurant after him at, uh, at, uh, what do you call it? You know, the place we go, Walt Disney World, the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Peter and the Wolf, like, it, I, here's the thing. If they're not going to offer Make Mine Music on, uh, the app for whatever reason, if they, they do feel like the Martins and the Coys, is uh, is too violent? Then you can chop it up, and you could put the other section segments of on the, of this up on, as shorts. I don't know why they don't do that. Um, again, and this is I think when it comes to classic Disney uh, content and and films, and especially the shorts, it is there is a lot. Like I said, you can you can spend hours, you can spend days digging through this stuff, but there is so, 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 so much that is not there that is kind of stunning. Um, obviously, you know, Song of the South, no one's really surprised by that. They want to pretend the thing doesn't even exist. Um, like, then you don't even, you won't even, once they've changed Song of the South over, you, like, it'll be like, the characters never existed, the song zippity doo you'll never hear again. Personally, I don't, I, I listen, I, I understand I don't want to get it too much into a thing about Song of the South here yet. We'll save that for a future episode. Uh, my my main thing is, is uh, removed from the context of the movie. I you know Zippity Doodah won the won the um, Oscar for best song. I don't understand. You know there there's a lot to discuss right now uh, about sort of how Disney is um, the company is the relationship it has right now with its own history. In sort of our current moment where, depending on uh, your point of view, maybe, you know, we're finally rectifying many wrongs and or maybe um, 
they're wildly overreacting and nobody cares about this stuff and none of it was ever offensive or racist or anything, to, sexist or anything to anybody. Or if you're like me, you're thinking, yeah, no, it's, it's fine to moderate some of this stuff and maybe to get rid of some of these stuff too. But I, I personally feel there's an overreaction. <laughs> I think, like, if you want to, if you want to retheme uh, Splash Mountain to a, a movie that, you know, they are, is, in the current rotation, you know, that, that, that more people are familiar with these days and more kids will be watching whatever that movie is, whether it's uh, Princess and the Frog or, or, or any movie. Like, I'm, I'm fine with the re-theming of the ride, oh, but I don't think you need to, you know, if you just ride the ride, and now you got a whole generation of kids who've never seen Song of the South, who only know the characters for that ride, I, you know, there's nothing un- offensive about it. And now if they decide, you know, people are like, well, if you really dig into uh, zippity doo and the history of minstrelsy and where some of these are, yeah, but you could do, you know, if you, if you dig in, you dig into the history of a lot of things, <laughs> you can find, you know, some really horrible things there. But the song itself to me is innocuous and it's one of the great moments in Disney history. It's such a great scene where, um, where, where, where Basket, uh, you know, as Uncle Remus, Change it to thing again. I don't want to get into this whole thing, but I'm like I, I, my own personal opinion is the characters removed from song the context of the movie, which I do think is fairly cringe worthy. Um, is fine. Uh, I think I don't see why you can't have the, the especially even just a musical without the lyrics. Uh, just you know the. Um, an instrumental version of Zippity Doo playing in the park. My my own personal take on it. Now. Should should the movie itself be on Disney Plus? Well, yes, and here's why I believe that. Here's why I because of what they they decided to do in in 2020 um, when they said, all right, we're gonna we're gonna start putting this this note in front of every uh, ev- every old uh, piece of uh, you know television or movie that that may have something uh, audiences today would find offensive. Um, and then we're going to take certain movies like Peter Pan and Dumbo and we're going to take them off the kids section of um, Disney. I feel like if you if the, if the kids profiles, they'll only be available on the adult profile. If you have the kid-friendly profile, you won't see these movies. And I know a lot of people were up in arms about both things. Um, I'm fine with it. I, I don't like the sort of moral certainty and the finger waggingness of the uh, the the statement they put in front of some of these um, old old cartoons. Uh, I also think in some cases it's a little arbitrary. Um, but so well, let's oh man, we're, we're just getting right to the weeds in this, aren't we? <laughs> um, here's the, I think if you wanted to if you wanted to put something in there and be like uh, this contains um, smoking, drinking, violence. Uh, maybe some s- sexual situations or, you know, uh, things that would be deemed, um, or, you know, as things that be judged as negative stereotypes um, in their day or, you know, things that some audiences might find offensive. I think that's fine. But I think, you know, what they do is they just put a thing that, you know, these these depictions were wrong then and they're wrong now, which not everyone agrees with. I mean, I agree with them on some of it. I don't necessarily agree with, it on, with them on others. But this sort of, you know, where it's, it's you know, this hall monitor approach where they're, you know, the sort of, again, the wagging the finger in your face. 
And it's a little odd because they do obviously, you know, trade on their own nostalgia and their past. And they, they want to put these uh, sort of newer documentaries about Walt and all the people who worked there. But they're basically just calling them all racists. I mean, if you're saying it was wrong then and they went ahead and did it. You know, then then like Jim Henson, because it's in front of some Muppet Show episodes, you're saying Jim Henson was a racist. That's what you're saying. So I think there's a way to sort of maybe not excuse it. And again, if, and of course, they're still putting it up there because like it is a very have your cake and eat it too type of thing that they're doing. And it is a way for them to just sort of say to some people like uh, to, you could look at it as a way of, you know, they're just they're just trying to patronize some of the more vocal activists uh, who who are against this sort of thing. But um, my point is, I, I do think it's a little arbitrary. Like um, like it really should be in front of every Muppet Show episode with the Swedish Chef in it. Now you could talk about well, you know, I how like there's a whole discussion to be had about well, what do we view as racist or what's what stereotypes are okay and what ones aren't? And obviously, you know, if you're you know. Um, of a certain group now, you know, well, we can make jokes about you because you're not necessarily as marginalized or as oppressed as these other groups. And that's a fine and worthy conversation to have. But, who you know, times change, things change. Uh, who's to say 10, 20 years, in now, 10, 20 years from now, uh, if we'll still be looking at sort of these same things as, you know... Uh, you know, well, it's okay to make jokes about this group and not jokes about that group. Because if we're, if we're really, if we're just talking about racist stereotype, stereotypical depictions, well, then, like I said, every Muppet Show episode with the Swedish Chef has got to get one of those uh, warnings stamped on it, and every episode of Ducktales because Scrooge McDuck is based on the on the uh, at the time extremely racist. Um, you know, this we're going back to like vaudeville times when when every you know. The stock and trade of every uh, every vaudeville performer was characters based on various ethnic stereotypes. That was like half the comedy was ethnic stereotypes. I mean, look at the Marx Brothers. You got like the uh, the sort of fast talking, uh, shifty uh, Jewish character in Groucho, the lusty, animalistic, uh, crazed Irishman in Harpo, and then sort of the the dopey, uh, fast talking kind of. Uh, uh, untrustworthy Italian in Chico, um, <laughs> and that's that's what it was. And Scottish people, the thing was, they're really cheap. That was the gag. That was the joke about Scott Scrooge McDuck is a racist. He's based on a racist stereotype. He's a racist character. So if you're really, you know, if the whole thing is like, well, we're we're you know, these were wrong then and wrong now, and you know, these have racist depictions. Every episode of Ducktales should have one. But, and there is even some where it's, because, you know, when, when you watch those old DuckTales episodes and even some of the Rescue Rangers episodes, and, they, you know, they go to these, you know, far-flung, exotic locales. And even in the late '90s, it was a diff- it was a different time. Like we weren't as small a world. Uh, America, the the, pop- the American population wasn't as diverse as it is now. Uh, it's certainly gotten a lot more in the last uh, few decades. Um, but there, it's amazing because you'll see certain caricatures. They'll vi- you'll, you know where they'll go to various countries, and there are episodes where it's like really like that. That that guy is supposed to be some sort of maybe Indian or Pakistani character, and he's kind of talking in that sort of stereotypical accent. And this episode didn't get one, and then there'll be another episode where it's just you know where there'll be like one flashing, uh, you know, uh, 
scene of two seconds of some characters, whatever. Anyway, but it's a, 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 it's very arbitrary, it seems to me. Like I, Maybe they just haven't dug through them all. I don't know. But um, aside from that, my the reason I bring this up is because we're, we're talking about, you know, the classic content that's there and not there. And how do you uh, how do you address this? Because listen, uh, personally, I I don't I don't find many things offensive at all. I understand how some people are. I'm not going to tell somebody, well, you shouldn't be offended. If you know, if you're offended by it, you're offended by it. Um, I do think though, if you know most people aren't offended by it, and you're the only one, then you kind of need to be like, all right, well, you enjoy the thing, and I'll just not watch it. Um, that's my own personal philosophy on this, but um. If you if you are gonna if you are gonna put those and if you are gonna start segregating um, certain movies, like I say, well, yeah. So the Peter, Peter Pan, the, um, the 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 Indians, there, that's 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 rough for me. Like that's the one where even I'm like, whoo, man, that song, what makes the red man red? I mean, that's I could see, you know, all right, we're gonna we're not gonna let a kid stumble upon this. If the adult wants to show it to him, that's fine. You want to show your kids that, and you don't care, and you don't find it offensive. Hey, that's that's good good on you. But I have no problem with them taking movies like Peter Pan and Dumbo or any of them, uh, and and you know that might have even Pinocchio. If you're like, hey, I don't want my kids to see uh, smoking and drinking, so we're gonna put Pinocchio in the adult section. Whatever, your kids can still see it. They'll just have they'll just have to see it with you there, or they'll have to what they probably already know how to do is just figure out how to get into the adult profile on their own, unless they're very little children, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm fine with that. Like I said, I, I wish, um, they, they were really, really, really trying to cover their asses (laughs) and not get yelled at when they wrote that, um, you know, the opening screen, the little warning, that they have, you know, with the, 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 like I said, the finger-wagging hall monitor war- warning. And I wish they had gone with more like, hey, this contains this, this, this. People might not like it. Now you know it's here, and you can go in informed. I think that's something better where it's not making the moral judgment for you as the viewer. It's not telling you what's right and wrong. And it's also not, you know, accusing people who are dead of being, uh, being, being bigots. <laughs> um... But if you are going to start doing that, if you're going to say, hey, you know what, we're going to like the, these caricatures uh, in Peter Pan are horrible, you know, but we're, you know, it's a, it's still a movie that's very popular and it's part of the history and, you know, we're not just going to erase it. So we're going to, we're going to put it in this own section. We're going to put the little warning up. Then there's no reason, there's no excuse not to have Song of the South on there or anything. You can't, you can't say, well, well we're not going to put these shorts up there because they're a little, you know they they've had they have some uh, you know ethnic caricatures in them or whatever, um, because you you've already said it's okay to do it for these, you know. And so I I do think there's a real try like it's again I think it's a real try, try to have your cake and eat it too approach to this and a real way just to keep certain people happy and off their back and um, while not totally you know, upsetting the other people. Like if they just got rid of Dumbo and Peter Pan entirely, there'd be way, way, way too many people upset about it. Cause these are movies that are classics that are favorites. Cause I guess they look at song of the South now that figure, well, it's been, you know, how many years, like over 30 years, nearly 40 years. It's been out of circulation and they can just, you know, there's like a whole generation, two generations of people who've never even seen it. So there's not that much of a demand. There's not going to be that much of a um, disappointment if it's not there. So that's like, whatever, we'll just keep it, we'll just keep it this, it's already disappeared, 
You know, it's sort of a, they're, they're grandfathering things in. They, it's sort of like, well, this is already out, so now it's grandfathered where it's still out. And these were already in, so now they're sort of grandfathered in. But I think if they really wanted to do right, um, and, and, and overall, I think, you know, they, I, I understand, listen, they just want to have a, st- a family-friendly streaming service and just put a bunch of stuff out there and make as much money as possible. I do think, though, that they could cater to people like me and those of you listening to this who are really interested in the history of this company um, by, by giving us the things that we want and that we want to see. And, and not just like, well, here's just, you know, here's just something for, uh, you know, the family to watch on a Saturday or something to plop the kids in front of for a few hours, which I think is for the most part the, the uh, you know, the way they approach this. Whereas something like HBO Max, you know, they're like, you know, they, they have all the, most of the old classic Looney Tunes on there. You know, and they and, and a lot of the old Tom and Jerry's, and when they had the 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 Popeyes on there, they had the old you know the black and white original Fleischer shorts. They have their turn. They have Turner Classic Movie section. They have like if you are a if you are a film enthusiast, if you are a student of cinema, HBO Max is fantastic. If you are a Disney historian, and if you are you know. Um, or just a film historian or enthusiast, uh, Disney Plus is it's it's there's like I said there's there's a fair amount of content just because there is so much of it exists in totality, but there is so much missing. They've done I think a really poor job as far as just you know really sort of um curating. Uh, well I, I don't want to say really poor job um because there is a, there is a, actually a, a, in certain cases there's more than I expected there to be, but in in other ways I think that there's a lot missing like, especially with the shorts. There's so so many. There's no reason not that I, I mean that I can think of, uh, not to have every single short available. And, and it's amazing because a lot of the shorts that are missing are you know there, there's some really classic, well-known shorts. Uh, Mickey Mouse shorts, Silly Symphonies, like Halloween just passed. The very first Silly Symphony, the Skeleton Dance. Why you know you should be able to click on that Halloween section of Disney Plus, and it should be one of the first things you see. That should be part, you know, every, what Disney fan does not want that to be part of their Halloween viewing? As well as there's some classic Mickey shorts like The Haunted House and The Mad Doctor that, you know, you got to go to YouTube or, you know, uh, what what's the other one? Um, v, v, oh, jeez, I almost said Venmo. Uh, I can't remember the, the name of the, um, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The other streaming the video site. Um, but... There, yeah, like Plain Crazy isn't on there, which was the first one animated, the first Mickey short animated, I think the second or third released. Uh, there's even like, you know, when you think of the nifty 90s is one you've seen footage from all the time. Uh, Gulliver, Mickey Orphans, Benefit, Mickey's Garden, Mickey's Grand Opera, Pluto's Judgment Day. Uh, the old Figaro cartoons, Figaro the Cat from Pinocchio, who ended up starring in some of his own shorts later on. There are none of those on Disney+. Plus. It's, um, it's, it's really amazing how few... There are, I mean, and, and there is not. I mean, there's a decent amount where, like I said, you can you can spend a few hours, but um, the lack of it, the lack of them, uh, of shorts there is really, I mean, it's they should be ashamed of how little. I mean, you can't tell me what is it a money issue? I don't, I don't know. Um, I understand it does cause something as work, and there are rights. Um, even even if you're renting it from yourself or from another uh, arm of your company, if you know if the home video rights, even if you're kind of paying, you know the left hand is paying the right hand. There are still certain things where the accounting doesn't. That's why when when uh, Discovery 
bought Warner Brothers and they started removing some things off of HBO Max, even though they owned them. Uh, it's because they still kind of had it. Like one division had to pay the other, and um, it would be make them. You know, they could. Use, it would either be cheaper to just remove it and use it as a tax write off, or to try to see if they could sell it to another streaming service. Um, so that might be the case with some of these. But uh, make my music and Song of the South. If they're worried about, you know, like gun violence or racism um you know they've already built the solution for that you put it on the adult only profile and you slap the uh, the what you're about to see is really bad but we're going to show it to you anyway warning in front of it and away you go <laughs> you know i it's there, there should not be a feature movie that is not on here and that, that and i don't think there should be any shorts um that aren't on here either and again like flowers and people say well this you know we could put Santa's workshop, but we can't put the night before Christmas because there's some really ra- and there is there's some <laughs> some blackface caricatures or some I think some dolls in there that's pretty, woo. <laughs> but you know, flowers and trees is on there, and you see the dandelion faces as they dance around that um, tree there. That's a little you know, it's something by you know might have might be an uncomfortable conversation with the kids, or they might not even know actually what it means. But it's definitely it's a little you know if you're aware of you know these sort of uh the imagery um then you 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 watch it and you go a little eh, that's that's unfortunate um <laughs> but flowers and trees obviously it's such a historic short because it was the first uh full color uh short uh silly symphony and you know american you know major produced animated short anyway um that I guess they figured they had no choice they had to put flowers and trees just like steamboat willie had to be on there even though the only other um Black and white Mickey short on there is uh, Ye Olden Days, which is great. Um, I love it. But, again, there are so, so many that, I mean, just, we're talking dozens of Mickey animated shorts that, you know, from the late 20s and early 30s, um, the black and white ones that I don't know why you couldn't put them on there. People will watch them. People will come, Ray. Baseball marks the time. Anyway, um, little Field of Dreams uh, reference for you. Uh yeah, so I, I I think they're really, really short with the shorts. <laughs> Not nearly enough. And it's odd because some of the ones they do have up here, like they have two that are fairly well-known in Disney history, The Goddess of Spring and um, uh, The Golden Touch. Now, The Goddess of Spring was supposed to be uh, sort of a warm-up. It was you know sort of a prep dry run of trying to do somewhat realistic human characters in a fairy tale setting as a way to prep for uh, for Snow White, and um, it's largely looked upon in animation as a as, uh, the general consensus was that they failed to do so, and it doesn't it, it does not live up to expectations, and uh, despite being a very historic cartoon, is not necessarily a very good one, and yet it's here. It's you can watch that on you, there are far better, more entertaining shorts you can and and just as well known and more beloved shorts that you cannot see on Disney Plus. But you can see the Goddess of Spring, and you can also see the one and only uh, short that Walt Disney himself directed, uh, the Walt, only silly symphony that he directed, the Golden Touch, which I think because he was you know he was a uh, sort of the producer and the studio head and the overseer and the, he liked to refer to himself as a conductor. Uh, and, and, and sort of the studio as an orchestra. And even though he himself was not any sort of a, you know, necessarily the, the, the composer or a musician, he, he was the person who, you know, could, could put it all together. And, uh, 
I think there was a maybe a little ego thing where he wanted to prove that he could still direct or maybe maybe just had the itch. Maybe he felt a little kind of, you know, he wanted to get his roll up his sleeves and get his hands dirty actually in the in the making of a cartoon again. So, um Golden Touch, you know, the Silly Symphony directed by Walt himself and generally considered even by himself embarrassingly enough though he would never admit it to be a, like Goddess of Spring kind of a failure. <laughs> Not recognized as a very very good cartoon um but it is it's on disney plus it's right there you can see it right there there it is um so again like again some of the the decisions uh of what's on here and what's not kind of uh baffle me a little but you can see uh wise little hen which is the first appearance of donald and of course like there are enough of the big ones that you know if if you if you are a disney history buff and you want to be sort of well versed in um you know, the history of, of animation at all. Actually, forget about just Disney animation. I mean, you got to see uh, Steamboat Willie. You have to watch The Three Little Pigs, which is on here. Um, Wise Little Hand, obviously, the first um, appearance of Donald. Mickey Mouse, the band concert with Mickey Mouse, which is, of course, a classic. Um, and it, it's, it's really just such a great cartoon. I think it's the, it's the first one where uh, Mickey and Donald are in it together. And it's, of course, the first uh, color Mickey short and it really is great I mean and it's so I'm glad I'm glad the really really big ones like the ones for the most part that you can't do without are on here like uh, the tortoise and the hare the silly symphony tortoise and the hare Mickey Mouse on ice which is of course a Christmas perennial uh, we'll be watching that soon as we as we gear up for the holidays uh, Mickey's rival with a um, you know Mortimer Mouse which th- th- this has got some great little ins- it's not only is it a great cartoon where there's a guy shows up in a sporty roadster to uh, steal Mickey from Minnie but of course he he he's named Mortimer Mouse and he pulls up in a roadster to steal Mickey from Minnie and he looks a lot like Walt Disney <laughs> he is a caricature of Walt at the time and his name is of course taken from the what was the legend has it was one of the original names um, bandied about for Mickey, Mortimer. And, uh, you know, we all know that, uh, well, maybe we don't all know, but, uh, well, you know, in order to uh, finance um, Steamboat Willie sold his uh, his Roadster. His, uh, what was it? What was the model of it? The Moon Roadster, I think was it was called. Um, so, so, in addition to just being a, a, a cartoon that works on its own, there's a lot of little, uh, little in-jokes in there. Uh, and, uh, Mickey Through the Mirror, which is one of the all-time classics. Magician Mickey Clock Cleaners. Lonesome Ghosts, obviously, we just came through the Halloween season. That is, you know, that is an essential. I think they, they do have for the, I think they have all, maybe depending on your uh, your opinion, and they have pretty much all the essentials. The Old Mill, you have to see. Hawaiian Holiday, I love, and I want to do a... Uh, I want to do a painting. I want to do a piece of that. Brave Little Taylor's up there. You got to see that. You need to see Mickey's trailer. Um, the, the, the Ugly Duckling. I'm a big fan. It's it, it's. I don't. I wouldn't consider it essential, but I love uh, the Society Dog Show about Pluto uh, kind of going into uh, entering and en- entering a uh, Mickey entering Pluto in a dog show and him kind of being a. Looked down upon for it's a bit of a mongrel. Um, but then, of course, you know, things things he's things kind of work out for our guy in the end. It's a great short, check it out. As well as Mr. Duck Steps Out, which is the first appearance of Daisy, who sounds almost exactly like Donald in her first appearance. Um, and you know, Donald's getting ready to go on a date, and there's a lot of dance, and it's just I love Donald Duck so much. Clarence Nash's uh voice is obviously great, like just 
Donald can just like just say things and do little looks that just make me laugh. Like even like the gags themselves of the plot of the cartoon doesn't matter to me just as much as his voice and his personality do. Uh, I love you know that sort of he, he is he's like a little boy. You know, he really, in, in the fact that he's just, he's very wide-eyed and enthusiastic, you know, that, oh boy, oh boy, you know, and, and then, but but also very, uh, loves playing pranks, can be very mean, and has a horrible temper, and he's like, he, he is sort of like, you know, like a boy on the, th- like a, in his tweens, like an eight, nine-year-old, you know, sort of a, you know, like I said, very, very boyish, very enthusiastic, uh, and could be really nice and sweet, but also, you know, horrible, um, and Mr. Duck steps out is a great example of that. Mr. Mouse takes a trip is up there where uh, you know Mickey drives Sneak and Pluto on a train. Um, and then you know there's a there's a few here. Mickey's birthday party is kind of one you've seen clips of a classic one. Um, I think there's a lot of great Ward Kimball stuff in there. Then they got some of the goofy how tos in there. Uh, like there's a decent amount, but like I, I'm kind of amazed that some of the ones that like I said are missing, which I think would be considered a uh, you know, bigger milestones in animation history and even and better cartoons and more beloved shorts that, that aren't on here. Uh, a couple on here as we get to the... the they are listed here in al- uh, alphabetical. Chronological order. Um, the one that I that I love... I mean, well, there's two. That, three, I should say, as we keep going here. Three. One is Trick or Treat, which I just rewatched for um, Halloween. But uh, the... Uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, you know, trick-or-treating and meeting the witch Hazel, who ends up uh, terrifying Donald for not giving for giving them tricks but not treats. Then there's Pluto's Christmas tree, which is, you know, we watch that every year where Chippendale uh, are invading, you know, Mickey chops down the tree that Chippendale are living in, and then they kind of terrorize Pluto as Mickey tries to uh, trim in the tree. And then one that's, uh, I, you know, I don't know that it's... Considered that much of a classic or anything, but uh, Donald uh, Grand Canyon scope is great. I think. Um, let me uh, look this up here. What what feature did it premiere in front of? Um, but it is it is a widescreen. Um, Night Desire, nineteen fifty four. Let's see. It uh, it's a Donald Duck short where he's visiting the Grand Canyon. Ah, uh, yeah, it was uh, with release of twenty thousand leagues under the sea. So. Um, yeah, it was released in Cinemascope, and uh, and the, yeah, Jay Audubon Woodlore, who's sort of the uh, the guy, the park ranger here, uh, who was a character in some of the later Disney shorts, is in this as well. And basically, it's just about you know Donald kind of getting into trouble, either ad- ad- largely inadvertently on a tour of uh, the Grand Canyon. But it's great because it is in Cinemascope, and um, if you're a fan of Sleeping Beauty and you're familiar with uh, Ivan Earl, who was uh, one of the great production designers and uh, sort of did a lot of the background designs and the whole look of Sleeping Beauty, uh, just some fantastic painted backgrounds uh, in this in this short. And I, I don't know if Ivan Earl did all of them. Uh, according to Wikipedia, he's the only one listed. Uh, they, it is gorgeous. I love it. I, I really, it's, you know, watch it on a big screen. Um, it's it's really very cool here. Um, and that's it. Like, Toot Whistle, Plunk and, Plunk and Bloom. Toot Whistle, Plunk and Bloom is another one that's super classic and is not on here. And yeah, there's some, like I said, there that's one that also has some uh, ethnic and caricatures in it that, um, you know, depending on your mileage, may be racist, might not, might be just like whatever. Uh, but again, as I said, I think they've already, you know, they've put the mechanism 
on the on the site already for you know to have a place for those. So uh, and that's one. I will say if you if you here's the thing the ones the ones that are not on Disney Plus uh, you can I I I'm not going to say you should I'm not going to tell you where to go and do this but you can find places on the internet you you can kind of just enter a lot of these uh, titles into Google and uh, you can find places to see them like Toot Whistle Plunk and Boom uh, is one of them and I do think you should see that uh, I'm a big fan of the Nifty 90s uh, Gulliver Mickey as I said Orphan's Benefit Mickey's Service Station Mickey's Garden Mickey's Grand Opera uh, I just wrote down a quick little list of some that are my personal favorites that you cannot see on Disney Plus alright moving right along uh, we're actually man, we're coming up on close to an hour already I don't mind going over an hour I don't know about you folks you're the ones listening um I don't want to, you know, if, if I don't think people are going to tune in for two hours, I'm not going to do two-hour shows. But I don't mind. I, I actually don't mind as a podcast uh, listener. I don't mind hour and a half, two-hour-long um, episodes myself. But you know, I'm. Everyone kind of has their own uh, sort of way they listen to podcasts. You know, maybe you're listening to it as you. I I I work at home and I'm by myself all day, so I can just you know throw things on for hours. That's one of the reasons I love stuff with uh, audio commentaries and and I, oh here comes. Here comes Mickey the dog into the studio to come say hello to all you nice people. What's up, Mickey? Um, <laughs> named after Mickey Mantle, as I've mentioned in a past episode. Not Mickey Mouse. Although if you go on my own personal Instagram, as, as I believe I've said before, you, you can see him wearing my uh, Sorcerer Mickey Mouse ears. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll, I'll put that. I, I, I think it may be on my in Walt's time too Instagram. So give that a follow. Uh, yeah, so we are, we're coming up on an hour here and there's still a lot to talk about. So I, I think what I'm going to do here is um, we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the actual like Walt Disney produced, uh, you know, the, the content, uh, classic content that you can find that uh, Walt himself produced uh, that's on Disney Plus. And then next episode, we'll go over all the various uh, documentaries and behind-the-scenes um, specials produced by the company uh, or available on the on Disney Plus to stream that were produced in subsequent years. Um, you know, after Walt passed, or you know, and and new ones produced strictly for Disney Plus. There's the Imagineering story. There's behind the attractions. Um, there's also you know a few other documentaries that we'll go over that are available on there so that's what we'll do next episode instead of doing the snow white thing um because you know probably i am give me give me an extra week to really start booking some guests because what i want to do is um you know i want to make sure i have a few uh episodes banked and already recorded so that i'm a few weeks ahead uh on interviews and stuff so next week that's what we'll do the second part of the disney plus overview and as far I do want to, uh, there are going to be multiple episodes as we go on about. Well, you know, we'll focus on like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and, and Pinocchio. Where I'll, but I'll have a different guest on, and I'd love to. I want to have J.B. Kaufman, who literally wrote the book on each of them, uh, on to talk about them. But you know, I could bring on other people who maybe you know Snow White's their favorite movie, and we'll talk about Snow White for an hour. Um, but I do want to do one just myself, where I could you know of, of each movie, and I'm wondering if I should do just a solo episode dedicated to it. Or, here's an idea, uh, for premium subscribers, maybe record my own commentary. Uh, you know, sit down in front, of, in front of the movie and record myself, uh, my own little, uh, you know, DVD Blu-ray commentary and post that on the Substack for premium subscribers. I think that, that might be a thing to do. I don't know. Um, 
Give me some of your feedback. Oh, wait, you have to become a premium subscriber to do that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that's that, that that could be fun. That might be what we do. Anyway, what else is on Disney Plus? We went over the uh, we went over the features and lack of features. We went over the shorts and lack of shorts. One feature we did not mention uh, that you can't find on Disney Plus is 1943's Victory Through Air Power, which is a Walt uh, a Walt a film that Walt financed personally, uh, based on the book 1942 book Victory Through Air Power by Alexander P. Desiversky. Um Just a quick uh, just do the quick Wikipedia thing here. Uh, read read you to let you know a little bit about it. Walt Disney read Victory Through Air Power and felt that its message was so important that he personally financed the animated production of the book. The film was primarily created to express Seversky's theories to government officials and the public. Uh, movie is that Disney pushed the film out in a hurry. Even uh, Richard Schickel says that Disney pushed the film out in a hurry, even setting aside his distrust of limited animation and under the impulses of urgency. Um, where so um, essentially the the United States during World War II at the time this book was written did not have an air force and you know certainly had some uh, had some planes, some fighter planes and whatever, but uh, did not have a whole lot invested. In, in air power and Zversky uh, wrote this book saying if we really want to win you know have not only this war but have you know have a vigorous military defense uh, we we air power is where it is that's where the future is and Walt read the book and really believed in it and you know he was nothing if not a patriot and to help the war effort he took his own money and made this movie and it's was it was influential there is debate over how influential over you know how much this helped nudge the government into creating a um an air force or if you know it's something that would have happened on the same timetable anyway but we do know that uh Winston Churchill uh you know saw it and really liked it and uh you know gave, made sure Franklin D Roosevelt saw it and they both we're, we're very impressed and it, you know, it influenced some opinions. It's, 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 it's an important, a fairly important historical, uh, document and not, not just in Walt Disney history, but in, uh, you know, sort of World War II history and American history. And it, again, this is another one that should be on, uh, Disney plus, uh, but it isn't, I don't know. There might be, you know, the rights, issues with this because it was it wasn't distributed by RKO like a lot of his things it was distributed by a United Artists it was financed by himself I don't know what the legality is of who owns it or not it is another one though yeah yeah you know you just type it into the old Google there and you might be able to find it maybe not a completely legal uh, copy but you can you can you can watch it online in places and um, it's definitely you know definitely something you should you should be looking at um, now as Walt, uh, you know, got more famous, and and especially uh, once he had the television show, there's a lot that he produced himself where he wanted to take people a little behind the scenes and show them how things were done. He did that a lot on uh, the Disneyland TV show and the Wonderful World of Color. And they do have some of those old episodes on there. But first, uh, one of the things he did that I guess is sort of the first behind-the-scenes documentary on... Um, on Disney in a studio, but it's not really because it's you know pretty much a scripted and produced feature. It was uh, 1941's The Reluctant Dragon, um, which uh, stars the comedian at the time who was a fairly fairly popular comedian at the time, Robert Benchley, and um, basically the idea is that he's reading this book, The Reluctant Dragon, and thinks it would make a good uh, animated movie. And his wife tells him to go to the Disney Studios and try to sell Disney on it, and he keeps getting. Um, 
sort of waylaid as he tries to make his way to find Walt uh, and and get and basically this is this is right after they opened the new you know they they you know they had the old Hyperion Studios where they made Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and and most of Pinocchio, um, and they you know that with the success of of Snow White they decided you know Walt built his new Burbank uh, Studios state of the art animation facility filmmaking um, production facility campus that uh, still exists that's still there today I mean that's still where you know they do it uh and he wanted to show this off to the public so eventually he shows up here and basically it's just he he through various shenanigans keeps finding his way into different departments where you know some actors and actresses playing people who work there and some people who actually did work there at the time uh show how how they how they make the movies there and listen it's not you know it's it's staged and it is it is you know presented the way Walt wants it to be seen for sure you know so it's not a strict documentary but you do get to see how they made the movies and you do get and it is cool seeing you know guys like uh you know like uh Ward Kimball uh in certain scenes you know Clarence Nash doing uh you know actual voiceover work and you get to see and the, the cool thing is the and the maquette in the model shop you see some uh, some maquettes and some models for um you know, movies that had not been made yet and wouldn't be made for quite some time, um, which is kind of cool. And yeah, and you get to see the Ward Kimball, Fred Moore, and Norm Ferguson in the one scene where they're uh, where they're doing uh, Goofy. And um, yeah, it's 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 very very cool. Um, I recommend it. It's not you know some some of it's a little corny, definitely. Not all of the uh, the shorts. There's I think there's three. Shorts one is really more of a, um, it's more of a, what do you call it? Um, an animatic, the baby weems part. The goofy thing is pretty funny. And then the, the, the reluctant dragon's all right. I enjoy it. I like it. I think, but it definitely as a time cap- capsule and as a way to get a sort of a, you know, an, an insight and a look into the operations of, uh, the Walt Disney animation studio, uh, as it opened in the forties. It's great. It's definitely you know. It's sort of it is sort of essential viewing from that from that point of view, and uh, I would recommend it. I do recommend it, in fact. So you can definitely see that on Disney Plus, and um, then there's some cool Disneyland episodes that uh, that are you know take you behind the scenes. First of all, there's some just great old Disneyland episodes, which just from a a pure nostalgia uh, point of view, like if you want to see you know, there's obviously they have the old. Uh, classic live action films. You can see Old Yellow. You can see Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. You can see Treasure Island. You can see Mary Poppins. You can see the Herbie movies and the Parent Trap and uh, Shaggy Dog and whatever. Um, your mileage may vary with how much you enjoy a lot of those. I, 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 I like Treasure Island, Twenty Thousand Leagues, Mary Poppins. I'm, I'm not as I stated in the first episode. Not as big a fan uh, of a lot of the live action stuff, but it's there. You can you can go check it out. Also, some of the some of the lesser known things. They, I love that they have some of the true life adventures on there. Now, um, again, when we talk about Disney and his influence and, and how much he's influenced things that happen today, one thing that I don't think he really gets enough credit for or any credit at all is sort of the creation of the you know the modern wildlife documentary as we know it, or you know, um, and those are the true life adventures, and you can see a few of them. On Disney Plus, they have an African Lion, Jungle Cat, Living Desert, Vanishing Prairie. Um, 
Do they have Seal Island on here? Let me see. That was that was the first one. What? No, it doesn't look like they do. Anyway, the uh, True Life Adventures started. Uh, what was there was a couple like Walt basically. There was this couple that uh that Walt sent out to. Let me see to go to go shoot basically seals in Alaska, and um they were looking for footage for something. Come on, Craig, let's look this up. The, 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 Anyway, he decided to turn it into uh, sort of, I guess it was a half hour, 40 minute. Um, it wasn't really a short, wasn't really, it was too short, too long to be short, but too short to be a feature. Roy was not, um, Roy was not, a, did not think it would be a good idea. But then it came out and they're actually fairly successful and won a lot of Oscars. And uh, in the, the, the book I mentioned in the previous episode, Inventing Disneyland by Alistair Dallas, uh, there's the apocryphal story that, uh, you know, Walt and Roy were fighting with each other. And, uh, you know, Walt, and Roy did not like, uh, like uh, Roy did not approve of the idea of the True Life Adventures. Didn't think they were worth the money. Um, and <laughs> when Walt won the Oscar for one, he took the Oscar and he uh, chucked it at Roy's head and said, "There's your Oscar." <laughs> In 1947, Walt Disney contracted with Alfred and Elma Milat to shoot documentary footage of the wildlife and culture of Alaska. Disney did not see the theatrical value in the footage of human activity in Alaska, but he was intrigued with footage that the Milots shot of the seal population at the Pribilof Pribilof Islands. Uh, Disney himself coined the title Seal Island for the film and planned it as the first in a new series of documentary features, uh, of document nature documentaries called the True Life Adventures. But I'm a, I'm a nature documentary nut. I love this stuff. I watch it. it, it I you know. One of the great things I love about Disney Plus is you have all the, the National Geographic stuff and the and the Disney nature uh, options there. I of course you know I have Discovery Plus so I can watch all the BBC nature and you know there's great David Attenborough documentaries. You know Planet Earth and Blue Planet and on Netflix we have Our Planet and it's just I love this sort of stuff and so it is kind of cool to go back and watch these. Now of course if you're like me and you watch all the new ones. I mean, they don't. They're not in 4K. They don't have drone footage. They don't. You know, the cameras. What we can do with nature documentaries now, well, like the size and, and how advanced these cameras are, the way they can do night footage, the way that you know you can take these tiny little cameras and attach them to, and put them in places where you could never go before. You know, where you could use drones, where you could have these. Um, what are they called? Uh, Basically, there's a sensor where they uh, trap, camera traps, where like the animal is just walking by and, um, you know, sets off a sensor and then it either takes a photo or video of um, these rare animals um, or animals, you know, that you rarely get to see in their, you know, natural habitat or behaving in certain ways. Um, and it's been such great stuff. And actually, America's, uh, what what's the, there is a new one on there now about, um, uh, it's narrated by Michael B. Jordan, who is, eh, he doesn't do the, I would not have, I would not have cast him. To, to, <laughs> I think it's called America the Beautiful. Um, yeah, and it's basically, it's sort of like a planet Earth, but about, you know, uh, America, wildlife, you know, documentary series about America. And man, there's just some fantastic, just some amazing footage in, 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 in this. Um, 
Definitely worth watching. But the True Life Adventures are really cool to go back and, and see, too. And and honestly, like for the most part, a lot of these are still shot the way they, they were back then by just being very patient and staying somewhere and shooting lots and lots and lots of footage and then go hoping something you know wonderful happens and then editing those parts out and trying to uh, edit it together into some sort of a coherent narrative. But, but basically, Walt Disney kind of birthed the nature documentary. As we know it, the True Life... You know, like the way we view it now, that didn't really exist before True Life adventures he did it first and he and he and he proved you know he, he popularized it and won oscars for it so those are over there on disney plus some of them they're very and definitely check those out i i recommend those and and then the disneyland episodes they do have a few cool ones um now one of the cool things you know if you go search on disney plus and you'll see they have the little sections they do have a uh disney parks uh you know the in their collections there is a Disney Park section that, if you go to, will take you to uh, the Behind the Attractions and Imagineering Stories series, but also has uh, the old Disneyland episodes on here. Um, the pre-opening report from Disneyland and Disneyland Around the Seasons, which are cool to uh, you know to to watch and get a little behind the scenes. Uh, Viewing on on how you know Disneyland was coming together before they opened it, and then around the seasons is a uh, special on uh, sort of the Christmas preparations for early you know for one of the first real Christmas celebrations at Disneyland. It shows you what's going on there. Um, the other two that I love, and if you're an animation nut like me, you got to watch is the uh, the Plausible Impossible and uh, Story of the Animated Drawing episodes. I think the Story of the Animated Drawing is a uh, black and white. But it's basically about the history of animation. And Plausible Impossible is similar, but um, it's more about the philosophy of animation and how they do things at Disney. And he's interacting with an animated uh, tiny little Donald Duck at his desk. And each one, you know, they cut through, they use footage of, um, you know, Disney shorts. Uh, they, they cut back and forth to, to sort of... Um, give examples of what they're talking about. But, yeah, I definitely highly recommend... All of those, and you know, what what's really great on here that I love um, is the Man in Space theory that series that Ward Kimball uh, produced, and I don't know if he directed it. He did he uh, he produced it for the Disneyland show, um, and there's three of them. Man in Space was the first, and then I believe it was Man on the Moon, and then it was Mars and Beyond, and it was all about sort of like what Walt did with Victory Through Air Power. Um, Started to the same thing, but with uh, space exploration, where you know uh, we didn't even have NASA didn't exist yet at this at this point. But uh, Werner von Braun, who would become one of the founders and sort of heads in NASA, um, you know, big is, is is on the first episode, Man in Space, and it is a kind of really cool exploration of um, you know in the time. Uh, what year was it? It was 1955. Yeah, about. What sort of rocket technology and 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 you know different technological advancements and and sort of um, various geez what the hell's going on outside um, uh, what are you, various obstacles that would need to be overcome both physical uh, you know as far as human physiology and the science of uh, movement in space and gravity and all that sort of physics. Um, that would need to be overcome to get man into uh, space and space exploration. And there's some really cool concept art and some uh, very cool animation. It's you know sort of limited animation, but it's it's just great looking. Um, and then Mar they did man in the man on the moon. Um, 
Yeah, Man and the Moon was the sequel to that, which is not wait, Men in uh yeah, which was the se- which was a sort of a sequel uh, episode to that about you know going to the moon, not just in space, but actually getting to the moon. Uh, that is not for some reason available on Disney Plus, but the third one, Mars and Beyond, is where it's more about space exploration. You know, going again as these titles suggest, going to Mars and beyond, and has some really cool, just very um. So, sort of just uh, what what conceptual ideas, uh, you know, different what aliens might look like, and just really cool thought experiments um, at the time because this is all in the mid fifties. This is before we had even been to space at all uh, about what we might encounter there, and really, really did a uh, cool job. Yeah, Ward Kimball produced and directed them. Um, Check those if you're if you're a science nerd like I am and you love that sort of thing. Uh, they're still they're they're and again it's just for me as someone who loves animation and loves design and mid century you know modern and and you know twentieth century you know fifties and sixties sort of space age uh, design and loves science and space exploration. I mean those those are right up my alley. They're very very cool. I enjoy them and I think you uh, you you would as well if you if you've if you're still listening to this an hour and eight minutes in, <laughs> why not? Uh, there are a few things. I think there's two. Um, what is the... There's a Disneyland episode. I should. I just thought of it now. I should have looked this up before I started recording. Um, where uh, where you, you see... You see this footage used a lot, and, and, I, and you see it in some of the, in the Imagineering stories and the uh, behind the attractions. Um where Walt is on a tour uh, behind the magical world of Disney, Disneyland Showtime. What am I looking for? Um, I can't find it. Uh, but there's, if you look for it, there, there's, a, there's an episode of Disneyland. I can't remember which one it's called. Um, where, where Walt is sort of you know, taking it, uh, one of the uh, Disneyland tour guides on a sort of tour of a wed. Uh, Enterprises there, and you get to see some of this is before Pirates uh, had had opened, obviously because Walt's still alive. Um, and it is uh, before they had really settled on any sort of a concept for uh, the haunted mansion and what it was going to uh, to be like, all right, what is this? Disney Parks at Disney Gone Time. Watch Walt Disney preview the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Are you going to tell me what episode this is from? Anyway, if you do a search, you can find it. It's a cool because it, it is. It is not available on Disney Plus, but you can find it. Uh, Walt Disney Wonderful World of Color. It just says taken from an episode. Doesn't say what the name of the episode is. Anyway, um, those are you can you can see these clips on YouTube, and I highly recommend that. It's very exciting, really exciting stuff there, Craig. Great job. Uh, the one thing that that you can't that they don't have on there that I love that's another uh, special another thing sort of I think taken from the TV show was um, four artists paint one tree, which is a a great uh, sort of short. You can see it if you if you do get if you the signature edition of um, Sleeping Beauty. It is one of the extras on there and. Um, I think it's you can yeah you can see it on YouTube as well, um, but it's Mark Davis, Ivan Earl the aforementioned Ivan Earl, uh, Joshua Meter and Walt Paragoy. basically um, you know all sort of Disney artists in various capacities all go out to this uh, 
Yeah, well, anyway, it was. Yeah, it was originally nineteen fifty eight. Was originally on on Disneyland the, the show, uh, and they all go out to go just like I said, this one huge tree and just paint it in their own style and their own sort of uh, interpretation, and it's it's really cool. I I definitely um I again everything I'm mentioning here I recommend. I don't need to keep repeating myself. You get it. You're smart. I'm smart. Not dumb. Not like everyone says. Fredo, drive him to the airport. Anyway. Uh, <sighs> the Godfather. Um, he didn't get the reference. Um, no, that was Godfather Part 2. I'm sorry. That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not what Pop wanted. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. I think that's it looking at my scrawl here. I think from now on, next episode, we're going to go into uh, some of the... We're going to go through the, the that Imagineering series. The uh, behind the attractions, also uh, the boys of Frank and Ollie adventure through the Walt Disney Archives, Walt and El Grupo, which is uh, very cool. You should check out and uh, a few other things there uh, available on Disney Plus for you to learn all about Walt Disney and his life and his work and his studio and all those people who worked with him. The same thing we discuss every week here on In Walt's Time, your new favorite podcast with me. Craig Mahoney, and uh, I do appreciate you listening. If you want to support, uh, there will be new episodes up every Wednesday. Like I said, next Wednesday we'll do that, and then we'll be announcing some guests. If you want to, if you want to be clued in onto what's happening and who's coming up, when and where and why, please subscribe to the Substack. You can be a free subscriber; you'll get every episode. Uh, if you want to comment and if you want bonus material, it's five dollars a month or fifty dollars a year to become a premium subscriber. Also, you can follow along on Instagram, and you'll be notified uh, through there when I have new material up. And, of course, you can support uh, by checking out my art, by clicking the links through going to my online gallery store at craigmahoney.bigcartel.com or buying merch at tpublic.com slash user slash craigmahoney. And if you're listening to this, look on your device. You'll see on your device, you'll see some of my art. Uh, every episode, I'm drawing or painting an original piece uh, that I'm including as this, this uh, week's artwork. This week, uh, today, as right now, if you look at your device, you should see a colored pencil drawing of Sorcerer and Mickey. Um, and the, all of these are for sale. They'll be up. And uh, if you if you, if you want to be the first one to get it before it sells out or before it sells goes to someone else, uh, you, you're gonna want to subscribe so you get that notification and you can find out right away. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, just rate and review. Please tell your friends, tell your enemies too. Tell just tell everyone. Tell strangers on the street. I what every little bit helps, you know. Um, and that's it. So we will we'll see you here next week, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, mice and ducks and chipmunks and dogs and naked dogs and dogs with hats and vests. All of you, please. We'll see you all next week on In Waltz Time. And until then, have a great, big, beautiful week. <laughs>